Thank you so much, sponsors, and thanks to all of you for choosing to tune in today. You are not going to be disappointed with today's program as we welcome back Dave Wall. Dave, welcome back. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me again. Oh my gosh, I, well, you know, I've been looking forward to this since we did part one of the DNR program, which does not stand for Department of Natural Resources. So Dave, there are probably people listening that did not hear part one of what DNR is all about. Let's give them the condensed version to get them up to the death song. That's how I'm going to lead into it. Okay. Uh, well, last August, uh, August 6th of 2020, uh, early in the morning, uh, Cindy had a full grand mal seizure, and uh, we nearly lost her on the bedroom floor. And, um, of course, uh, being the husband in and out of kind of emergency mode, husband mode, I was able to get a hold of 911 and then got my in-laws down from down the laneway over and uh, event. Uh, the uh, ambulance eventually getting there. We figured that first grand mall was uh, probably 15 minutes or so, so not very good. <laughs> and uh, she did revive. We had to revive her and then get her to the hospital. And then she, be, before she got there, she had a second grand mall and didn't come out of it. So they intubated her there. And then with the CAT scans, they saw that she had had a full subarachnoid hemorrhage from an aneurysm and uh, uh, was not the, it was not looking good. So they airlifted her to uh, Fargo, uh, where they have more specialized care there. And, uh, and in the process of uh, figuring out what was going on um, and treating that, they do this pro uh, procedure called coiling now through the femoral artery. We're able to get the hemorrhage stopped, but then she had a second one on the operating table. And... Uh, so we knew things were taking way longer than we thought were supposed to, just from the little information we had. But upon getting to the room uh, later in the afternoon, the ICU room where she was uh, taken to, we, um, I asked the doctors, I said, what's the prognosis? And they said, uh, we don't have a prognosis for you. She's come in at the worst assessment you can give this, and plus she's had two hemorrhages. And uh, so I said, well, what about damages? And they said, we can't assess anything. And I said, well, what about if she gets worse? And I, well, then definitely it's not going to be good. At this point, she's on life support. And I said, well, then because of what we believe and what we've talked about, we don't want her resuscitated if she goes downhill further. And so that's when we agreed with the medical personnel to put the DNR bracelet on her, which is the name of the book, of course, Do Not Resuscitate. And that evening when I was finally by myself with her, I talked to her uh, in her induced coma and just said, you're free to go, honey. We know where we're going because of what Christ has done for us. Not an issue, not a question. Um, but then I took advantage of what it talks about in Hebrews of going into the throne room and call it negotiating with God or fellowshipping, whatever you want. But I said, dear God, if you do decide to bring her back, I want to advocate for Cindy and say, please bring her back 100%. She won't want to come back halfway. She'd rather go 100% to you than come back 50% back to us. And so... 
that was my plea. And and after that, I from my experience living with a tribe, our our experience living with a tribe in Papua New Guinea for many years, we learned how to do a death song when somebody close to you died. You sing the story of your life together. And I began that, but it was like God's hand went up and said, stop, Dave, just wait. And I think that's where we left off. I think that in the is first where program. we left off. Well, it's, I've already, obviously, number one, we've shared this on part one. Number two, I've re-listened to the show. Number three, I've read your book, DNR, Do Not Resuscitate, which we're going to be giving you information on how to get your hands on it. Uh, well, why not just mention it now? It's on Amazon. Why not order it now? We will get that to the, at the end of the show, too. But even hearing it again in your words, just I've got tears in my eyes again. It's just so profound. It's so profound. And literally, I can almost visualize myself in that room right there. Mm -hmm. And here's the death song singing the story of life. And God's hand says, stop. I've got more. Well, and we were talking earlier about it being real. This was a real physical event. Uh, and that was evident from the doctor's assessment, right? But what also is real is our relationship with God. And it for both Cindy and I, this is it's not fluff. It's not it's very much a part of our everyday life. So when he says you have access into the throne room, that means the veil is torn. You can go into the Holy of Holies and fellowship with God, and that's I didn't pray for her to come back. I prayed for her, if you have her come back, my ask is 100%. Yeah. And so that is very real. Yeah, amen. And I love that you're bringing this up because I think sometimes it's almost like we back off when we pray, right? We, mm. we get timid or whatever. And I mean, what does God tell us to do? I mean, play with, pray with fervor, you know, go to, you know, come to me. And there's... um it's just all of a sudden I just lost it, but it's like this conviction of prayer. Like when we do it, speak it and command in the name of Jesus. I mean, there's just so much in that and we forget that. I think we forget that sometimes. Yeah. And that's, we don't, when Jesus says you have not, cause you ask not, I mean, does that really mean something to us? And okay, maybe we'll get an answer of no, but that's not the issue. The issue is interact with me. Yeah. He wants relationship with yes, us. Exactly. He so wants that. <laughs> so God says, stop. More to come. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. What happens next? Well, that first night uh, back at my daughter's place, of course, my mind, I, I had peace, but the, it was like my mind was in the longest tennis volley ever back and forth because I'm a planner, a strategizer. I'm like, okay, am I going to be a widower tomorrow? So let's start planning that way. Or is Cindy just going to come back halfway? And then we've got issues with all that. And, and so it wasn't a lot of sleep. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't like I went home. Oh, I'm just at peace. Yeah. You know, that deep down peace was there, but a lot of that, uh, that surface stuff was, was pretty difficult. And, um, Anyway, our uh, <clears throat> three of our children were there, and then our daughter from Florida was on her way up and got up got up to Fargo uh, early in the morning, and then our youngest son was in Australia already, so we hadn't even been able to get a hold of him. But 
So over the next day or so, um, you know, Cindy's on life support. They wanted to give her a 48-hour chance, and uh, we have right in our will we're not to be on long-term uh, life support uh, because we know where we're going. And, and uh, so, but in, in conjunction with the doctors, we gave that 20, 48 hours. And then, so that brought us to, you know, day two. Day zero is when you're admitted, day one, day two. That's why the book might be a little confusing on days, but we did it according to the hospital uh, protocol. And uh, so we came to that point in, uh, on day two there, later in the afternoon, where the uh, Dr. D in the book came in and, and uh, he said, uh, let's go ahead and extubate. And I was downstairs outside at the time, text comes down, they're going to extubate her. So I had made it clear, I want to be there. So my brother-in-law changed out with me and I was up there with my sister-in-law and Deb. It's just, it, the way I describe it, it's like when your child is born. Um, so they started with a 25% control for Cindy 75 machine, 50-50, 75 controls for Cindy 25 machine, and then you hear that she's 100% in control of her breathing. Well, the, the apparatus is still down her throat and everything, so it doesn't look like she's in control, but then, then they extubate the apparatus, and I was just like, breathe, honey, breathe. <laughs> Because it's like when your child is born and you're you're just like, at least as the dad, I was like, take that breath, take that breath, you know. <laughs> and uh, and it was a beautiful thing. And I, I write about it in the book that this was the third miracle of birth for Cindy because starting at life is a miracle, being born. Uh, she placed her trust in Christ at a young age. She was born again. And now it's her third time. So I can't even imagine being there. I love the description around birth because it's true. I, my husband describes the same thing, obviously, as the woman. We, we have different things yeah. going on that we're worried about. Um, sure. But for the, I just remember him saying, like, there was something about that. You're waiting for that, you know, mm -hmm. just that cry. So I'm sure for you it was the breath, the is she there, what's happening. Yeah, because yeah, you're... You're, you've spent the last two days, it's not her breathing, it's the machine, right? Yeah. And you want her to do that on her own. And, and so it's, it's so exhilarating. And, but the doctors were very good with us to say, okay, here's what's next. And now it began all the hurdles. And the, the exhaustion from a couple little blood vessels hemorrhaging in the brain, Deb, it takes everything you have, everything. And... But the first big hurdle, they said, okay, good. We're, we're, we're extubated. She's pulled through. Now we're going into the vasospasms. What are those? You know, I'm like, <laughs> it was such an education. And yeah. the way they described it was the next number of days, the brain's going to try and heal itself, and it will contract vessels, and that's a stroke. And I'm just like, so how many days are we going to have of this? And they said several, <laughs> the worst being day five to seven. And I'm just like, it was like we went into the enchanted forest. And, uh, you know, so, okay, well, we got through the extubating. Now we're in the enchanted forest of vasospasms. Wow. Wow. I want to just pause for a moment because even though you're the one right there, you had 
hundreds, if not thousands of people praying for you. I would love for you to speak because I think sometimes we, we can almost use the phrase flippantly. Well, I'm praying for you. Or I know you know what I'm talking about with this. When people told you they were praying for you, they were praying for you. You know, we got a... Um, it went out all over the world with Facebook and people sharing it. And I mean, we're still hearing of people that in parts of the world that their churches got together and prayed and and it was it was quite something and I didn't even I'm a big Facebook I'm a big social media guy but I didn't put anything out right away I mean everybody else did it and we're getting calls from Australia and and you know I there's it's a, it's a real surreal thing when people are reaching out to you to say we care and we're going to pray and and you know, for uh, some of our really close friends uh, and family, just spending time and giving them time to talk to us, because it, it, it's that's a two-way street. I could be just as cold about them responding to them praying, but people so much appreciated when we take or I would take time just to visit with them on the phone. Obviously, not when I was right in the room, the right. IC room, but but that fellowship again that relationship again and friends in australia that uh oh i just it gives you the goosebumps but they're long time friends of ours that we worked in new guinea with and they wanted to talk to me directly you know and but yeah it was quite a large large group and uh we're very thankful for that yeah. support never underestimate the power of prayer yeah. and the power of communion with people and connection. It just I just wanted to really reiterate that because that was a huge spar a part of this testimony for you. Yes. Yes, it was very much and uh, we're so thankful for it and and even ongoing now cuz you know we want people to know the full story. Yeah. Uh, and that's why we've uh, you know put the book together just to say this is this is a puzzle that only God could put together and show you the beautiful picture. It really is. So. Amen. So Cindy is now breathing on her own. Now we're worried about vasospasms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Say that word three times fast. So you are in this enchanted forest, mm -hmm. if you will. Tell us about that time period for you. What's, what's happening? What's going through your mind? Well, it's so unknown, and how the medical field takes care of it is every hour on the hour, they wake Cindy up and do a, an assessment. Uh, both cognitive and uh, physical, so they test her limbs and her squeezing, and because they're looking for stroke. And then it, the ICU is no place to get rested, so they would do that every hour. Then they'd be in with the Doppler machine, which is ultrasound, checking the vessels going to her head, making sure they're all getting flow. They had the 24 hours of EEG. She looked like Medusa with her hairdo because <laughs> they're testing all her brain activity. I mean, there's just it just goes on and on. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to resign my uh, concern over to the medical people because they know what they're doing, right? And then we'll squeeze in in between. And, but then uh, we were in North Dakota, so we were allowed two visitors at a time, and then they could change out whenever, which was really good. Just set up a little protocol. Don't wake Cindy up if she's not awake. If it's after a, an assessment, okay, go ahead and visit. But she's got that got to get that rest and so 
anyway, going through that was, okay, Lord, uh, this is a time it could be really dis, uh, debilitating to her physically with the, the potential of stroke. Mm-hmm. But we got through that as well. And I said, man, people keep praying because uh, God has allowed her to pull through this. And the responses are good, but she could stroke and, and half her body's gone, basically. And so, but we had the final um, uh, uh, cerebral uh, angiogram going to look at things. And, and there was some vasospasm, but they were able to control it. And she was on lots of meds. That type of thing, and then from we we got out of the forest. Then it's the next hurdle. Yeah, what's the next? <laughs> I mean, first of all, you've got to learn all this medical terminology. Oh, yeah. You've got your wife there. I mean, this is just—it's a lot for anyone to take on. Yeah, the next thing was uh, okay. There, you know, you can just see the doctors loving the progress, and and uh, and then they said, okay, next is is the drain. She had a fifteen centimeter implement going through the top of her head into the bottom of the ventricles to drain that blood out. And it's all described in, in the book. I'm just like, 15 centimeters? I'm Canadian, so I understand some metric, you know. And, and uh, it's like, wow. Uh, and that was in there for two weeks, and they wanted to get it out because of infection, and but the drainage was not stopping. And... So I go back to the Lord again, and I just said, okay, Lord, um, can we fit this in the 100% here? Because if that didn't stop, because that creates the pressure, is that if the, if the brain doesn't drain, that cerebral pressure. And uh, the option was to put a, a, a shunt in, and that would be permanent, and it would drain the fluid down to the abdomen. And I'm like, oh, Lord, can I fit? Okay, Lord, can I put this in the the 100% that she doesn't have to have this. So that was the next hurdle. <laughs> I almost feel like here's the telephone line to God and here's Dave. Hi, <laughs> God, it's Dave. I'm here again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just one more little thing before we hang up, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we're not making light of this no, at no, all, but we're, no, we're no. being serious. It's just this is a very serious yeah. situation and – I believe God does give us humor in this, right? Because yes. it, oh, yes. it's part of our coping. It's actually part of the way we get through it. And, and I believe God's right there with every, every step of the way he's with us. Yeah, exactly. And, and you'll see in the book there were some humorous times that, yeah. uh, you know, I, I had to put in there. Yeah. They were just too, too perfect and too beautiful. Yeah. Well, I mean, you naturally you know. <laughs> have such a gift for humor and metaphor. So yeah. it's just colored throughout the book sure. for sure. So the brain drain, we get through the brain drain. Yeah. And then, and then, then it's rehab. They come meet with me, and we're talking to ten to fourteen days of rehab, which couldn't take place in Bemidji because of their fourth floor level was all COVID committed, and and I'm like, okay, call up the Lord again. <laughs> I like that. And uh, anyway, I just said, okay, Lord, um, I'm just advocating for my wife. And uh, so we came down, um, I mean, you have to read all the details in the book. So we came, we got released from the ICU and had three days in recovery, which was so peaceful. And uh, probably one of the 
funniest parts in the book is the first time I sat on the bed. I don't know if you remember that part, but uh, when the alarms all went off yeah. and everything. And I was, I was like a cat on a hot tin roof the whole time up there. But it was peaceful for Cindy. Anyway, here comes the uh, the PT guy to give her a final evaluation. And, and it was, he took her through all these tests and he's expecting, you know, he's he usually deals with elderly people that have had strokes and half their body's not working and you could just see him stroking his chin, but he had his mask on, kind of like, hmm, this is not what I expected. And uh, took her through everything, and then he's like, let's go to the stairs. We're going to the stairs. So took her to Cindy to the stairs, and she went up and down with, do you want to stop? You know, that, no, let's keep going. And I just held the door, and they went back to the room after completing the stairs. And, of course, that was all she had to give, so she's in bed just almost sleeping again and he's just like she doesn't need any rehab and I'm just like wow and then we got our official release and I'm just like we're going home it's the children of Israel at the Red Sea and we're going home on dry ground it was unbelievable I just feel like we just need to take a moment of praise to the Lord. I mean, like, it's just right. Like, this is amazing. And I think it's time that we introduce Cindy to everybody else. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Miss Cindy Wall. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here and to be alive. <laughs> yeah. we. So here we've been talking about you this whole time. And, and friends, you don't know that she's actually been sitting here very patiently next to Dave. And we wanted to just bring it in as a little bit of a surprise at the end of the show. So first of all, we're just so grateful that you're here. Well, I feel honored too that God just chose to give me life. And, and a beautiful testimony that glorifies him. I mean, it just we were talking about this before we went live, that these are the testimonies that he is using to show people his miraculous healing and love for his people. Yeah. I think one of the things that has stood out to me is I had wanted to tell so many people about the Lord, but through this whole thing, it's like God had my mouth shut and my body off. <laughs> and here, everybody around me, it's like, far more people got to know about the Lord through everybody around me. And so I have marveled at, I don't know if I call it God's humor, but um, he just does things so much bigger and better than we can ever do. So I thought it's just been beautiful. We uh, were talking before we went live about Revelations uh, twelve eleven, and it, it's about the power of testimony. And I believe that God is using power of testimony right now. And you and Dave right here, are you are living this testimony. And of course, with now talking about the book DNR, it's just going to bring more people to you. I wanted to check in with you. As you listen to Dave talk about you, obviously you probably don't remember any of this. I remember very little. Now, I'm starting to maybe get to where I'm not sure if it's my memory or if it's what I've been told, but most of it is what I've been told. Because I think um, as I look back and after I hear um, all the things that Dave has shared about it and shared with me and some of my family and stuff uh, that were there, uh, I, I guess my body was working so hard at trying to get better that I actually didn't remember all the peripheral stuff mm -hmm. but definitely all the beginning stuff I have no recollection of probably the f well definitely the first two days and I really don't remember a lot of the details uh, probably for a week 
What is the first thing that you remember as you started to come out of this? I'm not sure how to answer that because <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, yeah, yeah, like there's not, not a, there's not like a moment of, oh, I'm aware again. You did, no. It was not that profound. It was more like a gradual. Okay, I was curious about I'm, that. I'm not really sure. Okay. I, I mean, I just remember being in the hospital, but I'm, I'm not sure at what point. Yeah. This was yeah. not like we see in the movies where Cindy opens her eyes and there's Dave. <laughs> and it's, oh, right? Have you guys ever noticed that in the movies where they just make it? It's, this does not really work that way. I guess so, way. but it real, wasn't. No, no, no. It yeah. does not work that way in real life. And, and I'm, I thank you for sharing that because I think the Hollywood version of what that mm. looks like is just not what it really looks like. I, I love this. I want to talk about your marriage and how this has strengthened your marriage, your relate. You already have had a great relationship with the Lord, but talk to us about that place. Well, I'll speak for myself. I have uh, just really appreciated um, all that my husband has done for me. And even as I look back that I wasn't able to do that, he just came alongside and, um, just picked up things like told somebody the other day he's been buying all the groceries up until I think I've done it three times now so basically one month but that's like 10 months after I got home or after I had my aneurysm and there are just a lot of things that he just has chosen to walk alongside me and I'm very thankful for it because someone just the other day reminded me again. They said, you know, it's good to see you guys doing well because often when there's a medical uh, situation like this that's very critical, um, marriages suffer. But mm -hmm. I would say ours was strengthened by it, and I'm very thankful. I had a family that really rallied around me. Yeah, Dave. And I'll just quickly add in that um, if we've always looked at our marriage as a building time not knowing what was ahead and and uh you know i guess for me we had a foundation to fall on first of all because we'd committed ourselves to god and making this work but then in the midst of it also falling on god and saying hey this i mean the questions that go through your mind when your loved one is in distress like this but the foundation doesn't break if it's solid, and that's what we've desired to build our marriage on. Um, and yesterday we celebrated our 34th anniversary. So yes. congratulations! Anyway, I wanted to bring I had that, to throw in. that I, in there. I, I thank you. I saw it on Facebook. I was hoping you would put that in there. Okay. <laughs> of course, everything's on Facebook. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I first of all, I just want to thank both Dave and Cindy for coming in today. Um, we could go on and on, couldn't we? Because there's just so much here. We want to let people know that DNR Do Not Resuscitate is available now. Dave, I know it's on Amazon because I ordered several copies last night for gifts for people. Uh, anywhere else other than Amazon, that's the main place to get it right now, correct? Currently, it's just on Amazon, and we'll be exploring other avenues to get it uh, out there um, and into other markets as well. Don't miss out on reading this book, my friends. You will be so encouraged and inspired and Dave and Cindy are available to speak. They've been speaking, so reach out to them. Uh, Dave, real quickly, where should they reach out to you if they need to get in touch with you? You can get a hold of me at uh, Dave Wall at 
Uh, DaveWall2010 at gmail.com is the easiest way. DaveWall2010 at gmail.com. Get in touch with him, and they are phenomenal, as you can tell. We need to get this testimony out, my friends. DNR, do not resuscitate. Dave Wall, and of course, our guest of honor, Cindy Wall. Happy to be here. Thanks so much. Please remember to go out, live joy, and share joy. Live joy, share joy, shine your light to the world. This is Deb McGregor of Life Full of Joy. Thank you for tuning in to Live Joy, Share Joy. We currently have availability for corporate sponsors on the show. Do you want to be aligned with all things joy and reach our listening audience? We have several options available, including our joy boosters. Contact your QFM today for sponsorship details.